friends. Nice to have you back again. We are here. New episode of BSC. Myself, Renee, and Tori as co-host. And we have an awesome guest today. Someone who has gotten me into the art of cold plunging, which I kind of feel like I need right now because I've been working a lot. Um, Tori and I have been mountain biking a fair bit, getting out on our bikes when it's not raining. So I'm feeling a little beat up and I'm feeling like my body could use a little bit of love for sure. So our guest today, Claudia, she lives in Squamish, BC, so pretty close to me. She is the person that introduced me to cold plunging. Um, I mean, I've always kind of been in these outdoor areas and grew up spending my summers at a lake. So I've always been jumping into lakes, but I never really that intentionally, I guess. Um, so Claudia ran me through my first Wim Hof breathing session. And I have to say it is very, very hard. And I almost threw up, but gave me some respect for it. We chat a little bit about Wim Hof and um, some of the pros and cons of Wim Hof and cold plunging in terms of ego. Ego versus doing just something good for yourself because it feels good and because your body craves it. So Claudia is going to give us a little insight into why she started cold plunging, what it is, how people can get into it and, and do so safely, why she is so passionate about facilitating people's first times or maybe their 50th time doing a cold plunge. And we'll get into also a little bit of embracing femininity in the outdoors and some of the pros and cons of social media with that, which is, uh, definitely a thing. Social media, double-edged sword. Sometimes it's great and you can spread positive messages and decrease barriers and access to information, increasing access to information. And sometimes you just get shit on by a giant butthole. And so we're going to talk about what those shitty giant buttholes said. And it's not pretty. Not pretty at all, and don't be like that. Anyway, without further ado, we will get started on this conversation with Claudia about cold plunging and how to take the ego out of cold plunging, as well as why you should do it. If you need someone to convince you to do a cold plunge, Claudia is about to do it, and she does a real damn good job. So we just recorded this episode and I got to tell you I feel like I need to go put my entire body into a cold body of water because I'm a little beat up and I've had a busy week and I could use a cold plunge so three two one let's drop this episode with Claudia thank you to our friends over at Onyx for being one of our sponsors for today's show we love Onyx in the winter, getting out ski touring, split boarding, but it's also a great app to use in the summer. It's a map in your pocket, but what is also really sweet is not only being able to use it for hiking, trail running, and the navigation en route and trip planning associated with those things, but if you're planning to be out for multiple days, you have access to information on campsites, public lands access, and boat launch locations. 
So it's a very multifaceted app with a lot of really cool options for getting out there and getting after it and, and doing it safely because you are not going to get lost with OnX. They got your back. So download the app and get out there. Enjoy your summer. Yeah. Well, we're now we're associated now with like the wet, cold, hot summer girl. That's that's what we're doing right now. <laughs> wet, cold, hot summer girl. You should put that on a business card and stand it. <laughs> trademark it. Let me trademark it before this goes live. <laughs> trademark it. Um, maybe you should introduce who is the wet, cold, hot summer girl. Who is Claudia? <laughs> Let's like hear the quick rundown so everybody can figure out what that means. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I'll, I'll do an introduction so they're not like, who the hell is this person? Um, my name is Claudia Bastian. I, um, God, I have like different facets to my life, but I think the reason why I'm here today is about the cold exposure therapy that I, that I facilitate now, but for a very long time was just me jumping into cold water, um, specifically cold alpine lakes, usually ones that had glaciers in them or had like pieces of glacier floating around. Um, and that brought me to connecting with a lot of really cool people in the community. There's like a bunch of communities around cold plunging and cold exposure and contrast therapy. So what I do is, you know, I like to be out in the outdoors, but I specifically love to seek out cold water in whichever way it is. Uh, sometimes it's like at sea level, closer to home. I've got a beautiful river in my backyard that I jump into anywhere between two to five to seven days a week uh, since I literally crave it so much. Um, and then when I'm in the mountains, it's sometimes like carving a hole in an alpine lake and jumping into it. Or if the lake's frozen over, finding the coldest glacier water that I can find to get into and if you happen to be with me on any of these trips, you usually get talked into coming along with me, whether it's at sea level or alpine, which uh, Renee knows very well, <laughs> which she already talked about. So in a, in a nutshell, I guess that's uh, the, like, the common theme or like that's me behind it. I, I still work a full-time job. So Monday to Friday, I work for a medical school in, internationally and I work with our Canadian students. So that's my Monday to Friday role, nine to five. And then everything else in between is facilitating cold water therapy and contrast therapy. I run this, uh, breathwork sessions, which Renee <laughs> was recounting that she almost wanted to puke for, which is actually kind of a good sign. But <laughs> that's that's me in a nutshell, I guess. Sick. Checks out. Um, <laughs> cold, wet, hot summer. <laughs> girl. Cold, wet, hot girl summer. Um, okay, what's your like your like quick elevator pitch on why people should get into uh, cold dipping, plunging? Mm, I love elevator pitches because when I used to do biomed, this was like when you did research, they're like, all right, three minutes. How are you going to explain your research? And you're like, ah, I've done two years. How do I explain that? Um, so to kind of summarize the seven years of my life and the reason why it's important and why, like how I managed to talk people into it is usually the fact that cold exposure has so many health benefits around, you know, mental health, people 
recount being able to sleep better if they plunge in the morning. Um, and then the physical benefits of it, there's no weight loss benefits because there's a specific mechanism in your muscles that gets triggers that actually is the only one and unique time in your body where you're able to activate those muscles, which causes weight loss. I can get into that more if we want. Um, there's amazing anti-inflammation as well around being in cold water, which as you can imagine, like an ice, ice pack to a sore muscle helps. You're applying super cold water to your whole body. That inflammation really help, helps reduce the inflammation. Um, there's a lot that goes on with your like fight or flight mechanisms as well. Helps with anxiety and stress because if you're subjecting yourself to a stressful situation and teaching your body that it's okay and you're able to overcome it, it does wonders for your life um, and your anxiety levels and like ability to handle stress outside of cold water as well. So that's something that I usually tout when I talk about cold exposure. And then to bring it back to the reason why it's been so amazing for me is that I used to have tendonitis in both my knees. Like I couldn't run five kilometers without having to get bloodletting done in my knees, acupuncture, physiotherapy, pressure release, massage. And then somewhere in my first two year journey of hiking and mountaineering and jumping into the lakes and like just subjecting my knees to it. I, I didn't have tendonitis anymore. I didn't have to go get acupuncture. I didn't have to do bloodletting. I could do a 50 kilometer day to castle towers and Garibaldi and sure my knees would be like achy by the end of it, but 50 kilometers in comparison to not being able to even do past 5k was huge for me. And ever since I've kept cold exposure and cold plunging to my regular routine, I haven't been affected by tendonitis in my knees since then. So that's, that is my want and will for other people to experience because there is so many physical and mental health benefits to it. Man, I got to say your elevator pitch worked because I'm like, wow, I go. I'll punch you in the body again. I physio tonight and I'm like, wow, oh, <laughs> you know, it would really help me with physio, cold plunging with Claudia. <laughs> It, it helps. I swear, like I've been dealing with a really bad right shoulder after a car accident two years ago. And I do have to get physio because that was pretty traumatic to my shoulder. Um, but I literally like after a really bad day, I like, like make my way into the water. So at least my right shoulder is underneath and I'll be like, save me cold water. And it, it helps. It helps so much, especially if I follow it up with like a nice, like hot compress. But Anyways, yeah, it's so helpful. <laughs> and I just, I started facilitating because I just wanted to share, share that with more people. And I don't know if you want me to launch into that and why I do it, but yeah, it's been really enjoyable, like sharing that with people and, um, you know, just not, not just springing on random people like I did to you, Renee, being like, all right, I'm bringing you, but <laughs> people having a little bit more understanding of what I'm doing and like bringing them into it in a group setting as well. Yeah, because you've kind of run through why you started and what the benefits are, but you recently started facilitating some cold plunging um, with women. once It's once, once a month, correct? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And women only. So maybe you could dive into it what your goals are with that and what motivates you to do these women only sessions for getting people into cold water and then also very hot and sweaty. 
simultaneously, almost simultaneously. Almost, yeah. Usually right after the fact, if we have access to a sauna, which is super helpful. Um, but I, yeah, I started facilitating because, I mean, going back to that Instagram piece where most of most people like know me from, um, I found that I was adding to a culture of not, I was adding to the culture of like, look at me, look at this really cool place, but let me not tell you about all the safety and the things that I have to think about before going into an alpine lake, the things that I have to remember and do after the fact, what's going on with my body. And I just didn't want to be a part of that, that environment anymore. I wanted to provide people with like opportunities to understand what's going on with their body, um, learning on how to do it safely, reinforcement that, you know, you should be listening to your body. You shouldn't be going for a time that you can post on social media and be like, look at me, I did this time. Um, so I, I wanted to add to like safety and awareness to cold exposure. And the first event that I led was actually with Arcteryx in Vancouver. And it was so well received. Both days were completely sold out, even though it was pouring rain, sold out as in like just the registration. It was a free event both days. And it just reinforced very early on the amount of people who would who don't want to just do it for the photo they want to know why does it help my body what is going on with my body biologically and how do i do it safely you know how do i get to a point where i feel comfortable plunging in the alpine as well so that was like my initial reason for getting into facilitation so that i could share my love for it and also provide people with a container, like a safe container where they can feel comfortable with whatever emotions come up when they do something that is hard, like cold plunging for at least two minutes in temperatures that are anywhere between two to five degrees. It's really difficult. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a lot to overcome. Um, so it's been a really incredible journey in doing it initially for Arcteryx, there may or may not be more Arcteryx events to come, depending on when this gets posted. We may or may not have events coming up with Arcteryx in the sea to sky, um, which is for like everybody, men, women, uh, and whoever wants to learn more about it. But the women's nights has been something really special to me. So I've been running once a month women's nights at the Tality Secret Spa. You guys... Irene, I know you know about it because you came with me one of them. Um, but yeah, so Tality Secret Spa, I've been holding women's nights once a month there. And it was it's for women, whoever identifies as women who want to be in a safe space in experiencing um, some intense breath work. I mean, you can increase the intensity depending on how you want to. And then going into the cold bath for at least two minutes with the support of other women around you. And then, of course, cycling between the sauna and the cold bath and relaxing in between for approximately two hours. And that was something that I I just I really wanted a space where I could connect with other women. I find that um, as soon as I got into cold plunging in a group. I realized how dominated that even cold exposure is dominated by men, which like blows my mind. Like, you know, there's Wim Hof, he's a guy, you know, there's a lot of guys who want to be like Wim Hof. They want to be the ice man, which is Wim Hof's, um, his tagline, I think. And 
not a lot of females see themselves in Wim Hof. You know, they, they, there's, it was so crazy to see and, and realize that like this, what just wasn't, um, it's an inclusive space, but you just don't see a lot of women in this position. So I wanted to create some more, some more safe places for women to experience this with other women. And my first event that I held last month was incredible. I, it's like, it was so obvious to me in the space that, you know, this is something that we want and crave. We feel so safe with other women. Um, and like, you know, you don't have to act strong. You don't have to act brave. You don't have to act any way when you're amongst other women and you can feel vulnerable and you can cry and you don't feel like you have to like keep masculinity around you. And, um, so there was like a lot of laughter. There's a lot of tears. There's a lot of deep connection. And I think when people go into these women's sessions that I hold, we already have an understanding that like, I'm going to do something uncomfortable here. I'm going to have a hard time in front of these people. Why not just start it from the get go? So the session, like within the 10, 15 minutes, kind of like the same thing that you said, Renee, like we went deep right away. <laughs> like there's already this understanding that we're going to experience things. We're going to feel things very strongly in the space. And it allows for a lot of vulnerability that is so beautiful um, when it when I get to run women's nights, which is one of my favorite right now. I love all the sessions that I facilitate, but I do really love that one. Um, so it's really exciting to see what the next one's going to hold. Yeah, I did really enjoy the hot, cold cycling, too. Like, mm. there's something about you're freezing cold, then you get into the sauna and it's so nice and you come out of the sauna and then your body just feels light. Like, I don't really know how else to describe it, but your skin just feels glowing and your body feels light and you feel so relaxed. And it's, yeah, I don't know how else to describe it. I'm just, it just feels really good. And then now you like have me somewhat hooked on it where I'm thinking about it now and I'm like, oh, I love that feeling and I wanna have that again you'll just have to join the next one <laughs> obviously obviously <laughs> I like anytime I have a bunch of friends in New Zealand that do cold water plunging and the only thing that I can remember that they um would talk about and I say this every time uh that's probably like like my repetitive like autistic brain but I was like oh yeah you're like hyping up the mitochondria like getting them flowing I didn't even know what the fuck the mitochondria was and then last time I was with Renee she was like it's the powerhouse of the cell I was like oh <laughs> so <laughs> I guess that's like kind of what's happening Renee's like that like light feeling like you feel more energetic awake so I guess it is like it would that kind of be right if oh, have man. I just been preaching the wrong details <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so de uh, depending on the stressor, it it does definitely activate it activates your body and like being awake. But but like between the cold and the hot exposure, there's like very different experiences with the two, and then with separately, and then when you combine them as well, there's this like back and forth that's going on with your body. And I don't know if we, if we have enough time to really go into the sciences of it, but like if anybody's interested in the sciences of it, uh, Huberman Labs has one on cold exposure uh, contrast therapy. So hot and cold for like two hours and 15 minutes, I think. So it's like a good session of science. 
Um, but that like light and awakeful feeling is um, sometimes it's um, the way that your heart and your circulation is going. I mean, just you, you tend to relax when you've also been in like the heat just mentally as well. You feel like things slip away. Um, but around the physical parts, because I don't want to, I don't want to take up too much time. I just, I always recommend if you want a deep dive of like what's going on with the mitochondria, what's going on with like certain things firing off in your body, um, what's happening to like your muscles in reaction to the cold exposure, what specific muscle twitch fibers are activated only with cold exposure, Huberman Labs, so good. <laughs> Word. Yeah, it sounds super nerdy. So I am like, you know, I've got like 0.001% of like what's going on in there, but at least it's kind of factual. I don't know. So, yep. Um, I wanted to like, I love the concept that you brought up of um, like not being a super feminine space with cold water mm -hmm. plunging. Cause I know that one thing I love about seeing your posts on social media is a, you are a babe B you post these fire ass, like, photos of you in wild places cold plunge dipping and it is like fully embracing like your femininity in that space like um whatever makes you feel empowered like and you just you look great and I know that like I felt so uncomfortable for a long time posting any photos of myself in a bathing suit on my social media like I remember when I took this like fire selfie just suntanning on my deck and I sent it to Chegg one of like the womb tang co-founders and i was like jay can i post this like what's gonna happen like is this appropriate just because like anything in the outdoor space is so masculine dominated and expressions of like femininity and sexuality in that way because we are sexualized is like like every time i post a selfie i lose a ton of followers but like seeing you even just embrace that <laughs> aspect is like i was like yeah fuck the system like and like over the last i'd say probably two years I've started to embrace my femininity more and like if I want to wear mascara when I'm biking I'm gonna do it if I want to post a selfie it's like I don't have to be a singular dimension person so mm -hmm. um yeah like femininity in both spaces like outdoors and in cold water plunging I think is really important yeah I it was so it's so interesting the like keyboard warriors that came out at the beginning when I started posting me being in Alpine Lakes and they're like, oh God, just another girl in a bathing suit. And I was like, would you like me to wear pants? Like I can go naked, but that's also going to be an issue with you. So like, what would you like me to do here? Cause like, I want to go in the cold water and I do want to talk about these things cause I'm so passionate about the cold water. And you know, and it made me realize really early on, like people are just gonna like, they're gonna, whatever you wear, whatever you decide to put on your face, there, there's always going to be somebody who's just having a bad day and they they need to take it out on somebody. And it's unfortunate that that happens. Um, and there's days where like they those comments really affect me because I'm like really trying to show like, fuck the system. <laughs> this is, I can do whatever I want in the outdoors. I am a strong, powerful, feminine woman outside and I can climb that mountain just as fast as you can, if not faster with the same safety understanding, with the same capabilities, again, if not more, and I'm gonna bring a bathing suit with me. Maybe I'll wear some makeup. Who fucking cares? <laughs> right? Did I maybe curl my hair a little bit before this? Yes. Does that take <laughs> away from my ability? No. Fuck you. You fucking tell them. <laughs> it's just like, 
Yeah, man. I like, oh man, this is like one thing that gets me fired right up because it's just been something I've been dealing with for so long. And but like, this goes like, let's talk about trauma. <laughs> like going back to my childhood, I was told by my parents, like, don't cry, rub some dirt in it. Um, we don't talk about our feelings. And I grew up in the, like, I grew up in like Ontario, farmland, Ontario, in, in the woods. Like, that's just what you did. You didn't really wear makeup. We didn't talk about our feelings and uh, femininity. No, <laughs> to be powerful, you must be masculine. And that was what I was taught and what I embodied for so long. So I just like, it's almost, it's me also trying to fight the like programming that I had as a child and me being proud of my femininity and like proud of like what I've done for my body. Like I personal train twice a week. I like, why don't I want to be happy about my body and like the work that I've done for it. And then also what my body can do for me. Cause like, it takes me to some incredible places and it also can withstand some incredible cold water. And it, it just, it does so much for me. So why don't I want to share that with people? So like one of my favorite posts that has like the most negative attention was one where I was, this isn't cold water, but I went bouldering naked, which is protect the nipples. I would recommend pasties just if anybody tries it. It was, a, that was the one thing I was not thinking about, but just forewarning for anybody. Hot tip. <laughs> Hot tip. Hot girl tip. <laughs> that's, that's, this will be like this, the context for this this podcast will be literally like, wear nipple pasties when bouldering naked. Hot tip. <laughs> is is but, this because your nipples came in contact with the rock when you fell? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or like when you're like pushing yourself. <laughs> Up and you're like, ooh, there's usually a bra there. <laughs> you know, I actually, sorry, like total sidebar, but I also found out why you should dress more masculine when you skateboard um, with not a low cut top without a bra on. And that's because I was wearing a heavy backpack and I kicked my board out from underneath me when I was like pushed and I was going like face first into the pavements. So I like put my hands out and I rolled and I shredded my boob like all of it, like full surface area, like over the nipple. It was just like cheese gratered and holy fuck it fucking hurt. I had to go to like the pharmacy at the school, my university. And I was like, do you guys have any gauze pads and some polystyrene? He like gave me this little one. I was like, no, no, I need like a, I need a big one. like Two maximum surface side. area. Yeah. And I have to say like my nipple healing through that was hella painful. So protect my <laughs> nipples. That is one of the commitments from the episode today. <laughs> Protect thy nipples. I'm actually, we should get the sticker done for that one. <laughs> Protect thy nipples. That would be, a good... <laughs> we could get a really, I'm imagining a graphic in my head. It would be fantastic. Um, you could do like a boob with a nipple on it and then like a like traditional sword through it and then protect thy nipples underneath and then like a couple droplets coming out. <laughs> Arms with the nipple. <laughs> yeah. Oh um, Anyways, shredded your nipples <laughs> on some rock. Yeah, where was that story going? <laughs> and you had a bunch of negative comments on it relative to femininity in the outdoors. I do remember where we were, even though I derailed. You got it. <laughs> yeah, I just, so I remember I came up with this concept with an awesome friend of mine who is so supportive when it comes to 
me wanting to get more comfortable with my body in the outdoors and like being naked because it's actually it, because of what's ingrained in me it's kind of hard like it does it feels supernatural now but it, in moments it feels very difficult so when I did this project I was so pleased with it because I was like look look what I can do I can still do this, this only, I think it was only grade two bouldering objective completely naked and I can do that even while I'm shredding my nipples like who cares? Like, look at how strong my femininity is here. <laughs> like, who else could do that? It's hard. It's really hard. Femininity. I can do what you can do while shredding my nipples. <laughs> but seriously, like... And oh bleeding while we're at it. Like, damn. Yeah. Like, think about all of the things we do and highlighting them, my, like, my feminine form, not hiding it underneath, like any sort of clothing felt so strong and so in line with my value systems that when I posted that, and that is still to the day, to this day, my favorite post, the most like thoughtful project I've, I've come across so far. And it received so much hate. Like the keyboard warriors came out. I've never seen that many. And it was men and women who were, you know, calling me, um, clickbaiter clickbaiting clickbaiting they were telling me I was clickbaiting um that I like was doing this for attention that I had women who didn't understand like why this needed to happen in order to get my point across and there's just and I I get it you know this is not everybody's mindset like nudity in itself is really hard in North America for us to wrap our heads around let alone trying to like understand a narrative around nudity and femininity so I've come to like a good place in it but it is really interesting that like like you said Tori like you had a hard time for a while to post a selfie that you're you're super excited about or like you in a bathing suit and because as like core mountain athletes women who are in the outdoors who want to be taken seriously by other men we're we believe and it's like there are still times where like I have to change the way that I portray myself to be taken seriously to not be condescended when I say I'm going to do a big objective because I wear a bathing suit in the alpine like it just is very interesting and that's something that I'm really passionate about trying to change the narrative and it, it came about while cold plunging using like and like, let's be honest, my bathing suits are not lightweight either. And sometimes I bring a couple because I'll be out there for three days and I don't want to wear a wet bathing suit. It's like, there's women issues with that. So I like, I bring three different ones and I still carry it up there. It's, and it that's actually looked at negatively rather than like, look, look how strong I can be by carrying a floaty up there. Or I can bring bathing suits. I can bring extra stuff. I'm not going lightweight. I'm carrying my weight and so much more. So anyways, just like social media has been like the bane of my existence as well as like it's allowed me to meet amazing people like you guys. So it's not the bane of my existence just in those random moments. Um, but yeah, femininity is so powerful. And like the fact that there's more spaces like this that are coming about where we get to talk about it and 
Um, this is actually one of the themes that we chatted about in my women's nights when we on um, Italy Secret Spas was like talking about our femininity in an open way and how we should embrace it and that there's so much power in embracing it. And if somebody doesn't understand, I my hope is that they will eventually understand by this being talked about more and people embracing it more and realizing who fucking cares if they wear a bathing suit or wear if they wear makeup? Like, who who cares? Like, I've been referred to as just the girl in the bathing suit. And that's okay. If that's how they want to think about me, that's okay. But that's not how I think about myself. And that's what matters the most. <laughs> I'm really proud of you for being like, yo, that's your opinion. Like, whatever. It doesn't, like, frame how I see myself or how I like interact with myself or my beliefs about myself but at the same time fuck those guys like why is it that <laughs> showing any ounce of femininity or like sexuality or wearing makeup immediately denotes you to something that is objectified like why can we not be multifaceted it's like if a chick shows up in like full make it makeup looking like she is the main character in Mean Girls she's immediately <laughs> demoted to some like dumb sexualized bimbo when she might be the smartest person in the room and I don't understand that I really don't understand it and the fact that we have to <laughs> sorry and the, this is obviously a hot spot for me because I'm like unpacking my unmasked identity finding out I'm autistic at 28 and I'm just like oh my god I was like I literally went through this thing where for a time, like, I don't like flowers, I don't like purple, I don't like pink, because that's hyper feminine, and I'm masculine, and I'm trying to be tough, and then, like, I'm, like, unmasking, I was like, yo, flowers are fucking dope, so are butterflies, and pink looks good <laughs> on me, turns out, and, like, fuck you for making me think I couldn't like those things, and I couldn't be multifaceted. <laughs> And that, so, like, you wouldn't take me seriously if I did like those things. Like, yeah, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's, it's like... Just, it's, a, it's a societal thing, too. Like, the fact that people will sexualize you climbing up a mountain, jumping into cold water, and because you're wearing a swimsuit or you can see in the photo how freaking hot your butt is, because you have an amazing butt, let me just say. <laughs> it, it is... you. Grace assets there. You certainly do. Yeah. Every time I see a photo, I'm like, damn, girl. Butt goals. Anyway, you person, that, personal trainer. You work at Mount Lake. Sorry. <laughs> no, Paul Dwyer, guys. Paul Dwyer at Coast Mountain Fitness. Um, yeah, but to take that and instead of thinking, wow, look how strong she is, it's, oh, she just wants likes because she's hot and, and she's just trying to show that off to get a certain type of attention and that's not at all your intention with any of it and so it just sucks that people see it that way because they've been trained to see it that way whether they're a dude or or not because you can have internalized misogyny that factors into that as well I mean quite frankly I have had those thoughts myself for like pro skier that posts a photo of them in a swimsuit you can see how nice their butt is and thinking, oh, she just is doing that for the likes, which looking back on it now, I see how negative that is to think, oh, that takes away from them as an athlete, just mm -hmm. because they're posting a photo that shows off of their, off their femininity. And that's a really toxic way to think is to have separated being strong, being an athlete, being capable 
from being feminine. Well, it's not even just as an athlete, Renee, it's like as a human being, because the concept of objectifying someone is to no longer see them as having human value. It's like Mm -hmm. you were an object, you were sexualized, you were meant to be used or consumed, or you're seeking something in exchange for your existence. It's not just like you have value as you are. It's like you have to be a certain way to have value, to dress, to present. And the biggest fuck around that I have is like, how are I I don't understand how people just operate without any awareness, like to just see something and believe that and think that and have an opinion on it, but not think about where that opinion came from. Right. It's like unpacking it. And it does take catching yourself and educating yourself because you are pre-wired to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, But like, it's, I just wish people would maybe like stop and think about that for a moment and like where it came from. (laughs) Because social media doesn't help. Yeah. No, and neither I, does marketing, anything related to popular <laughs> culture. Yeah, because social media is like, it is instant validation at the root of itself. And that's how they get you is you post because then you get all these likes and comments that are supposed to be positive. Mm-hmm. And like whether it's Facebook, Twitter, like the attention that you get through these virtual I don't know what the word I'm trying to think of is, but these b- platforms, like these virtual platforms, you get attention. It's that validation. And p- it makes people maybe assume that some, that everyone's just posting for that validation. Mm-hmm. And like, maybe sometimes you are, but sometimes you're also not. Like your example where you had such a clear motivation for that photo shoot and what you wanted to say with it and what, message you were trying to get across being very pure and very honest and vulnerable and then someone just takes it as that validation because that's what the platform has almost trained you to think that someone wants out of it Mm -hmm. it it's interesting because um i had a very thorough caption i i believe was quite clear of the intention the reason why i would take a photo like that why i felt very strongly towards it my values and why is such a big passion piece for me. And it was, it was clearly obvious to see the people who weren't interested in even reading the caption that they, like you, Tori, like you said, you know, they have their immediate reaction and they, they take it as face value. They don't even want to read the caption sometimes. And the hope is that eventually that, you know, that'll change the, with more things like this, they'll have, there'll be more dialogue and discussion around it. So people can check themselves and um, to kind of talk about, Renee, you talked about something about like when as a woman, you've sometimes with other ski skiers or like any core athletes, you have, you know, you, in past you've looked at a, at a picture and been like, oh, why is she, why is she posting that? And I just want to address that I had, I had that at one point too, because I like, and I, I have to check myself sometimes because it still sometimes resurfaces because of the way that we've, most of us have been brought up in that, like, don't show your femininity. If you show your femininity, you're, you're trying to get validation or outside validation, you're seeking attention. And that that's ingrained in us. And amongst women, I think we're like, finally, we're getting into a space or at least I'm finally entering the space where I'm like, no, like, I, there's no like women on women hate here. Like we want to support we want to uplift. I want to make sure that people feel comfortable in posting that bathing suit photo. Or if like they're in like 20 different layers on a mountain, like 
whatever they feel and identify with is exactly what they should be wearing. And they're like making sure that there's this like conversation and opportunity to chat about these things. Like, like my women's nights where we, where we chatted about this, like, it's really lovely to finally see women come together in a space and be like, Hey, like, this is how I want to do it. It's completely right. Let me come to terms with that. If I want to wear a dress on the top of a mountain, hike it up there 100%. And you, I have all your support as well. So it's, it's been really cool seeing that shift. Um, but it does take, it, it takes that, that checking yourself when you do see somebody um, on a hike wearing, like, I remember two years ago, I saw a woman wearing a Mickey Mouse shirt. And I was like, Ooh, this is a really hard hike. Is she, she, should she be up here? And I was like, whoa, Claudia, like, stop that. And instead of judging, checking in, be like, oh, you've got your water. Great. You've got your head torch. Like the sun's going down a little bit and just making sure that it comes from a place of like concern of safety. And once you've like made sure that they're good to go, they can climb that mountain, that Mickey Mouse shirt, probably better than I can. And like, just checking yourself and having that conversation out of love and support rather than judgment. And um, I don't know where I was going with that, but yeah, that's like, I think that's like a lot of what I'm trying to encapsulate in like my recent posts and with facilitating women's nights now, because I just want more of this. What's going on right here is so powerful. Fuck yeah. <clears throat> Sorry, excuse me. Um, fuck yeah. Uh, they, <laughs> um, everything you said there, it like that entire perspective of like unpacking that initial judgment, right? It's like we as human beings, the way that neurons and connections are facilitated in the brain, like associative thinking comes from stimuli in your environment, what you're taught belongs in a congruent pattern and what doesn't so like humans mm -hmm. naturally categorize everything without realizing that they do it and neurotypical people um, specifically think that they can separate emotional reasoning from cognitive reasoning but they actually can't it's not scientifically mm -hmm. possible there's always going to be influences on both sides when it comes to making decisions or judgments and what I think is really interesting is that a lot of the women that have internalized misogyny towards another woman typically have some type of trauma or emotional connection to mm -hmm. that level of like expression or like, um, you know, like uh, sexuality and like femininity and like sharing that in masculine spaces, which is why they react that way, but they think they're processing mm -hmm. it through like a logical means. So it's really interesting to like see that emotional aspect of it and how it's connected because that's where internalized misogyny usually develops from it's like from a place of being shamed a place of being mm -hmm. othered objectified and it's actually a common experience for most of us our next sponsor for today's show is near energy i've been trying these gels out for the last few weeks month or so and really been enjoying the different formulations that they have it really helps choose the right fuel for the adventure at hand and near is all about simple ingredients and whole foods to create the most energy dense gels possible. Uh, for myself, I've been mountain biking a lot and it's been sweet to just take that fast burning quick hit to protect the bonk before hitting the downhill on, on a pedal ride. But they've got uncaffeinated, caffeinated or slow burning. You can get a discount with the code out of bounds, all one word for 10% off on their website. So you can check them out too. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I mean, a lot of it comes from protection. Like you, I mean, as much, I want to be fully feminine all the time, but it, I can't always be like that because I do have to protect myself in certain circumstances. And I'm thankful that I was taught a certain masculinity, not certain masculinity, but like was taught how to be powerful in my masculine so that I can be assertive. And sorry, I don't assert, assertive is not a masculine trait because I'm very assertive with my feminine as well. But just those like typical stereotypical like ways of coping and protecting myself, I, I do still have to employ those. It's not my preference though, but we do live in a world where that's utilized and necessary. And in stories like you've just mentioned, it it has to be it you it has to be used sometimes. Like we have to make sure that we're good coming out at the end of things with our interactions with people. So, and um, I like I had shared this actually with my women's group last last month, and I like opened up the space, let, sharing with them like this would have been something I would never have done three years ago. Like ask Claudia three years ago. And she was just like starting to understand and unpack the trauma that was affecting her and causing snap judgment decisions, um, bias uh, towards other women. Like I was, I thought I had to be one of the guys to be considered and respected. Like I should only be with the guys and not with the girls. Cause that's the, that's more powerful. That's how I'm going to be considered a, a mountain athlete. Like that's the only way that people are going to take me seriously. And it, and because of that, you know, I would have women who are really amazing friends of mine now who'd be like, Hey, do you want to go and climb a mountain with me? And I would be like, Nope, um, nope just, I'm, I'm good. Thank you. I'm, I'm booked. I, uh, I'm already, I'm already have plans. Thanks. And like realizing that judgment that I have and trying to unpack it and I'm still working at it. But, um, I shared that with the group that, you know, holding a women's night, which was my first one ever last month was so important to me because I, it's also the work that I need to be doing. Like I'm as much as like, I'm trying my best to show everybody, like, this is what I want to be want other people to show up as I am also still doing the work that I need to for myself with my own biases. Um, so I, I'm like, I'm definitely on the journey. I'm not at the end of my journey. That's for sure. And I don't think I ever will be. That's just always something that I'm going to be working on. Yeah. Um, one thing that as we kind of start to wind down this interview, I would love to just come back to the cold plunging a little bit mm -hmm. because if people don't live where we are and they're not between Vancouver and Whistler area and they want to try cold plunging, what would be your tips for these newcomers, for these beginners of just an easy way to start to try it on their own if they don't have someone to facilitate that? Mm. Great question. Okay. So first, first is always go with a buddy. Always go with a buddy. Um, I don't recommend doing it solo because you might, you know, you might have a hard time and it's always so much easier if you're holding hands with somebody or you have somebody in the space going through that same experience with you. Um, and let alone the fact that like cold water is cold and can cause cold stress. It's just, it's a safety principle to always go with a buddy even if you've done it like five or 10 times, just, just go with a buddy. It would make me so much happier. 
<laughs> so always cold plunge with a buddy. Some tips that um, a lot of people will tout is that when you're when you're starting out cold plunging, don't push yourself, you know, really check in with your body. If you don't know how to meditate or that's not something that you identify doing or you don't know how to do breath work and, you know, you don't have any apps um, that you utilize for that. There's some great apps that I would recommend, like Othership is a great breath work app and Insight Timer is a great meditation app. And doing that before you go into the water is just a really good way to check in with your body and understand what does my body need today? Am I super stressed? If you are, maybe the cold water is going to be a lot harder for you that day. Are you, are you short on time uh, or are you feeling really relaxed and identifying how your body is feeling will help you understand like how long you might be in the water for when you are going in the water for the first time, I do recommend trying to make it to two minutes. Um, it's going to feel really hard at the beginning because you're, parasympathetic nervous system is going to get activated. That fight or flight mechanism in you is going to be like, ah, get me the hell out of here. Fuck this. <laughs> and that'll be pretty much like the first 30 to 30 seconds to one minute. Um, but if you can ease into that, that's where those really helpful um, mental health benefits of being able to cope better with stress starts to come out. And then once you hit the two minute mark, that's actually where all those physical benefits start to come out. Those weight loss benefits, the um, reduction in inflammation, um, circulation as well. So I would recommend that people try and sit at the two minute mark and only that for as long as they, they want. Like people take a look at me and, you know, I've, I've done a decent amount of cold exposure practice over the last seven years. And I've gone up to 30 minutes. I wouldn't recommend it. There's not, it's not necessary. Like, and it, it's not about timing. And most of the time I do only do two to six minutes because that's all my body wants, especially when I'm going every day. Um, the, like the target is minimum of two minutes per session and 11 minutes total per week is the recommendation for like the best health benefits. And then if you're incorporating a sauna, I think it's about 57 to 59 minutes a week. So that's, those are the recommendations around timing, but I always want people to be cognizant of their body because they're always like, this is where the ego comes out. And they're like, oh, I want to do, you know, I want to get to 15 minutes. I'm going to go, I'm going to get it to 17 minutes today. And People forget that like I did almost three years of solo cold plunging where like I only would go up to my knees because that was the only part of my body that really needed the healing. And I would go for a swim, but I jump right out after 30 seconds. And that was that was like three years of my life. Whereas a lot of people who are going into cold exposure, they're thinking, OK, I'm going to do two minutes this week. And then in a month from now, I'm going to be at 15 minutes. And I, I love when people have goals. That's great. But this isn't the practice for it. You're not trying to get a better time. You're just, you're listening to your body. You're giving yourself the opportunity to really check in and then providing your body with what it wants and needs rather than what you think it should have. So yeah, just taking it very slow is a big recommendation of mine for newbies. So buddy, taking it slow and where to plunge. There are so many opportunities. I would recommend still water. So like 
places that are not moving rivers because there's many different complications with that. Same thing with alpine lakes. There's hazards in the water, like sticks and debris. It could be too cold. You have a hike out. So if you're starting, I would recommend somewhere close to home. If you're in the Sea to Sky, there's great opportunities like um, Finnish Sauna at Chikai Ranch that has the opportunity to go into the sauna afterwards. Um, there is, of course, Talady Secret Spa in North Vancouver that has cold punch pools and a sauna on site. You're nice and close to home if you're in Vancouver. Circle Wellness is a private spa that is very hard to get into these days, but has a cold punch tub. Uh, and then another opportunity in Vancouver is um, Float House. They have cold, they have contrast therapy rooms where they have a sauna and a really efficient cold plunge tub right next to it. So there's great opportunities in Vancouver and the Sea to Sky. But if there's anybody on here who's like, I'm in Idaho, I'm in Ontario, where the hell do I go? Um, people are always... Your people are always uh, recommended. Like you can, they can send me a message, and I'm happy to like do a bit of research, or I might already know of a place. Um, and then one other option is cold showers. And I don't, I don't like cold showers. I have a really hard time like putting the knob to cold. I just don't have. It's funny. Like I love cold water, but I love cold water outside. That's that is what I crave. I will forego cold plunging for a week if it means that I have to do it as a shower, but some people that's all that they have options to. So a cold shower is also a, a great way to start close to home or getting some ice and filling up your bathtub as well. Those are good tips. Um, <laughs> I know that like like in Calgary, for example, uh, the Restful Center, I think that's what it's called. Um, like a lot of community pools or like recreation areas will have saunas or steam rooms and also so like it's also a pretty uh option i think it's like seven dollars to get in so um that makes it more accessible if there's like any financial barriers mm -hmm. um but there's one thing i wanted to ask as well i love that you were like it's not about the objective of going in for a long period of time it's about listening to your body and like that introspective relationship with your body because I feel like that's something that's really missing from outdoor spaces is mm -hmm. like people will push themselves through being in a uh, poor physical mental emotional state to achieve an objective which can be like really harmful right and then like that mm -hmm. attitude means that they're not actually meeting their needs and I'm trying to learn how to not do that um I have a question about like Hoff, Hoffman is that his name Wim Hof Rim Hof Rim Hof um <laughs> in in his workshops since they're more like masculine is that something that he preaches is it more like building up to the objective he he also I mean I I, I love Wim Hof I like I don't want to I I don't want to um say that I don't I was just like different strokes for different folks um, and I would just say, I personally think it's a masculine space just because like the person who is in like the position of, of identical power, like the people that recognize Wim Hof is, is a man and it just tends. And I think there's a change and a shift, but, um, individuals who are coming out, there's more men who are Wim Hof facilitators for now. I think this is changing as well. Um, but there is. I think there's just an inherent, um, there's an inherent bit of ego that comes out with new plungers, whether they're practicing underneath Wim Hof or they're 
going about it their own way or whether they're practicing it underneath a completely different uh, cold exposure therapy model. Whatever model it is, there's always the possibility of ego to creep in. And especially, I see this a lot with individuals who are athletic driven. You know, we're for individuals who are in the athletic space, we always have a goal. We have we have an end piece. We need to be the first in first place. We need to get to the top of that mountain. I need to get there fastest. There's always something objective. And it's it's hard to check yourself when you're in, going to go into cold water and be like, there is no objective here. My objective is to try and make it to two minutes. And then once that two minute mark has been hit, no longer look at my watch and just actually check in with my body and feel what it wants, which for me, cold water, that was the first time in my life that I've ever done that. I had like, I've, I have the mentality of rub some dirt in it, suck it up, which <laughs> with an aging body is not actually the best thing. You know, you go, you can push through, but let's listen to our bodies. So like we can do this till we're 80 is the hope that I want. Um, and cold water is one of the few pieces in my life where I, I give my body what it wants, not what I think it it needs. And there's removing ego from that is the hardest thing. I can see it sometimes when I facilitate when, you know, people are in a cold plunge pool and like one person dunks their head and the other person was like, no, I'm not going to do that. And then they see the other person dunk their head and they're like, I'm just going to, just going to do it too. <laughs> and you're like, that's ego. That's like the little bit of ego coming out and being like, Ooh, com competition. And it's, it's okay. Like we all struggle with it, but it's really cool pun intended that with this practice of cold exposure that you get to check yourself and hopefully actively work on that throughout this, throughout this exposure process. Yeah, that's super cool. It makes me like want to try it more. Um, I actually found one of the random secret saunas by accident in Squamish uh, the other day and we were that's down nice. there and they were like, Six, six, I don't. Six. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Those that shall not be named in location, <laughs> even though it was exceptionally busy and everybody actually already knows about it, but it's fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I was like looking at the water, and I was like, they were like, "Do you want to dip?" And in my head, I immediately went, "Claudia." And I was like, I really don't feel like walking down there right now, more because it was raining and I was probably going to slip and die on my way to the river. But um, <laughs> I did like immediately think about you. <laughs> um, but this is a uh, this has made me want to try it more because I think like another way to look at that objective focused mindset um, mm -hmm. is actually like a form of internalized ableism that comes from colonialism and capitalism, which is like mm -hmm. objective focus and conquering. And in one of our, our previous episodes with Nahani, we talked about the concept of mountain culture and how mountains don't have culture, but colonial perspectives have projected that onto them. So like, right, it's fucking deep. And you start unpacking it and you're like, <laughs> what am I? But, um, I'm like, yeah, wow. Right? That is like 100% resonates. That makes so much sense. Wow. Right? It's that. fucking bananas. It's such a good episode. She's so rad. Um, but one of the things that I've had to unpack finding out I'm autistic at 28 was like fitting into these spaces and ignoring the signals I was getting from my body that I'm not okay because that was the culture and like my internalized ableism that if I just try harder and I expose myself to it more, I will get used to it and it be okay. 
Mm. It's not the reality and it actually taxes my system more. So learning how to listen and recognize internal cues because I struggle with introspection and being able to read if I'm like hungry versus like sad or like it's really difficult um, is something I'm trying to unpack. But it's like being in an outdoor space, like my two week trip um, out to the West Coast with my partner, we had a conversation about me not being objective focused anymore because I'm the type of person where if I see a dope ass little caterpillar, I want to stop and look at it. Is that moss a cool color? You bet it is. Am I going to list off all these random facts about bears that I just found out? Um, yes, I am. I was like, I'm not like a blackout or backout, get to the top as fast as I can and be king of the mountain on Strava. I was like, my system rejects that. And it makes me have meltdowns and I can't take care of myself afterwards. But that mm-hmm. internalized ableism that I was taught existing in that space that is colonial and to unpack all of that and why I believe that and to not do it anymore is like, it's a thing. Yeah. It's hard. It's like, yeah. I like you, I feel like I thought once I was woke, I don't know. What do the kids call it these days? <laughs> I think it's woke. I don't know. We're all kind of old. So hard to say. Emotional awareness. We'll just, anyway, what I I thought like smooth sailing, I got this. Like I'm, I'm awake to how I feel. I'm checking in. I'm working on my communication. Um, And yet it's just more work and it's positive. Like I would not want it any other way, but it it is definitely like the constant check-in and I, I, it's just not a like, oh, I, I'm, I figured it out. I'm done. Here's, here's how to do it. I, it's just being also kind to yourself that it's a learning curve. And like, you, you got to be kind to your body and you have to be kind to your mind. And um, it's definitely, definitely a, a way to do it. It's actually, it was interesting. I was like being hard on myself. I was talking to one of my mountaineering partners who um, unfortunately, can't be in the mountain space due to an illness right now, but we were just chatting by a waterfall and, you know, I was updating him about the facilitation and like the sessions that I'm running. And, you know, I, I was like, this is so mind boggling. Like, I just never thought that this would be something that I could do that. Like I, people would want to learn from me. And I like, I was just being really hard and negative on myself and being like, oh, you know, like I've had such a hard time. Like why me? Why do people and he was like, uh-uh. He's like, let's just like talk about the last two years that we've spent together and the amount of times that you've managed to convince people to go into the cold water. And they've been so epically stoked afterwards. And they've not only gone away from the session, like with this like license to thrill with cold water, but like with this passion to do it properly and to do it safely. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he started like, outlining all of the experiences like in the winter we went to a backcountry hut in the middle of nowhere and there was a lake and like three Irish guys showed up and they're like you're going in the water and I was like yeah and I you know explained the cold water benefits and they're like fuck yeah I, I want to do it too so like they came in the cold water with me and he like listed out all of these these things and like these experiences that I facilitated some somehow where just random strangers would come into the cold water with us because they got the bug as well and then continued with it so it's like it was one of those moments where I was like being hard on myself and judging myself and he's like no 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 you've you like you've got this like you're exactly where you need to be and you have a great mentality around it and it's just 
cool to see that that come about because I cold plunged solo for so long and then started bringing people in the Alpine with me. And now, now it's like every week I have a session with, with a group of people, which is really, really cool to share that. I like just love sharing the cold water love with people. <laughs> I think that's a really good perspective to have and to have someone else recognize that and point it out to you. And sometimes you, you don't notice the impact that you have on other folks. And mm. now I've been there myself where I'm like, what am I even doing? Like, is it even worth it? And someone will come up to me and say, no, like this girl tried the first 360 of her life because you created a space where she felt comfortable to do that. Mm -hmm. And this person now has a season's pass to go skiing because you've created a space where they feel comfortable to do that. And it does actually bring you back to like, okay, so, I have done something. I have made a point. <laughs> but I also just want to say that, you know, I used to be the kind of person that wanted to ski every month of the year. And someone pointed out to me that actually like that ego driven practice and like not saying it's bad to do that. I love skiing and I used to love skiing every single month of the year, but keeping and keeping track of how many months in a row I had skied, mm. but it is a somewhat ego-driven practice in the sense that you're getting a made up prize that doesn't really matter. Like if you climb a mountain in a certain speed, it's like, congratulations, you have won a made up prize that doesn't really matter. Yeah, It's here's great if you feel moves. good about it. <laughs> it's great if you feel good about it, but like in the grand scheme of life, it doesn't really matter <laughs> versus if you look at cold plunging, for example, like you can do it because it's what your body needs and what your body feels and getting in touch with your body. Or you can do it in that ego driven way, the mm -hmm. same way that you can climb a mountain because it's what your body and your soul needs, mm -hmm. or you can do it in an ego driven way. And I think that exists throughout mountain culture in quotations <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah yeah it's just rewire it's like rewiring your brain to what it what serotonin like when and what is going to trigger that serotonin release and that's what I'm currently trying to work on right now um and that's an active process I think I'm I'm like on the scale right now where like I can listen to my body and remove ego and still re receive that serotonin release. Um, but it's like, it goes back and forth sometimes and being kind to myself in that. But yeah, it's, you're 100% right. Like it can be ego driven or it can be listening to your body. Um, and both have a time and a place, but I definitely am personally in the place where listening to my body provides me with more serotonin release at the moment, which is exciting. <laughs> Active listening is hot. It's a skill set. So hot. 2022 vibes are girls supporting other girls and self-care is hot. Let's go. It's like <laughs> and don't forget, like protect the nipples. That's the other one. <laughs> yes. Protect my nipples Protect from nipples. shredding on rock surfaces. <laughs> like, let them be free, but also protect thy nipples against abrasive surfaces. <laughs> yes, that is, like, the, the mantra from today. Just remember, girls. Yep, when you're out there. 
barrier between the nipples and the elements or let them fly free if there's no abrasive surfaces in front of them. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say one more thing about everything you just said, and then I think we should maybe try to wrap it up. Um, but I loved the the concept of uh, being kind to yourself because the the journey of like getting to know yourself and respecting your needs in growing as an individual is not linear. It's mm -hmm. not. You're going to have like ebb and flow. You're going to feel like you made it so far and then you're going to have a setback because changing the way that your brain is structured and changing the way that um, you react to certain situations takes a lot of work and deprogramming and you have to create new pathways in your brain. So even like with the concept of uh, like misogyny and internalization and people not catching themselves. It's like, if you listen to this podcast and like, say you get this information in your head, you might have created a new association where if you engage in that behavior, you'll have the cognitive ability to like catch yourself and be like, Oh, yo, I just said this, or I just thought this about myself or thought this about somebody else. And it's like, okay, cool. I'm aware of it now. Let's work mm -hmm. on changing it. And that's one of the first things, actually, one of our friends, Jess, um, Jess Hodder, she's Renee and I's like, third triple trouble, whatever we want to call it. We're a mess when we're together and it's fantastic. <laughs> um, but she, she told me last time we were together that she started to do that and she's catching herself. And I was like, I am so fucking proud of you because mm. it takes like a lot to do that. So I just want to say that that narrative around growth, not being linear is super important because I think people get discouraged when they don't see immediate results. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's hard because you are comparing yourself. There's that ego comparing yourself to people on social media as well. Like, I think that's oh where like, I'm trying mm -hmm. my best to explain that this has been a seven year journey for me. So like, oh, man, why compare yourself when you just started? Like give yourself seven years, then maybe at this point you can do some compar comparisons, but like, then why? Because <laughs> all of our experiences are so different and so unique. Our traumas are different. What we have to unpack, all so unique. So being kind to just yourself is is, is super important. And For I'm sure. excited for more of that discussion and dialogue. <laughs> yes, honey Pete. I think we do have to wrap it up though, because I know you have to get to a freaking festival. So Face that's coast. dope. Yeah, <laughs> coast. <laughs> I would be like having a drink right now, but I'm like, I have to drive my my partner's massive van to Base Coast and I'm a little nervous. I drove it already today though, and I know I can handle it. Um, because I've driven like massive vans before, but because it's his baby. I'm like, no alcohol. I must be pure for the drive. And then, I must be pure. <laughs> <laughs> Don't dent the vehicle. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Claudia, before you've done, you missed like the biggest debacle. I am currently like recording this in my partner's <laughs> Tacoma that he loves more than me, I think. And on this trip is the first time he's ever let me drive it and it's stick shift. And I had to like back it up into the stall to get closer to get Wi-Fi. And I don't think I should be telling a story on this because I'm probably not going to tell him because I think he would think <laughs> Um, But I was like backing into the stall and there's a creek behind us with like a bit of a drop and the bikes are there we have all of our stuff in the back so i can't really see out the window and backing it up was hectic and then i got out to look i've it's like inches from going over into the creek 
and I had to like get back in and I was like fuck 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 and it's like, it's, like I was like I can't take my foot off the brake and hit the gas at the same time how do I do this and I was panicking I was like think Tori think to your like driver's ed class how do you do this and I got out of the situation but I needed to like calm down so <laughs> I feel you purity respect oh, yeah. the, the, the vehicle so <laughs> I really hope I have no stories like that for you after the weekend <laughs> it was Fucking stressful. Um, but before you go and uh, drive the whip to the festival, do you have any final plugs or remarks you would like to give um, to listeners where they can find you? Any sponsors or like maybe some details on your next your next uh, cold plunging thing, Jigger? Sure. Yeah. I mean, um, I think when will this go live again? Next week? Next week? Okay. Well, you know, listeners can just get like an inside scoop then. Um, So we do have approved programming for Arcteryx for the next three months. So that was approved and I'll be running them in Squamish and Whistler co-ed sessions outdoors as like an introductory to cold exposure. So people know how to do it safely and like can get all the science benefits and I can lead them through breath work and they don't have to pay anything because Arcteryx is sponsoring the event. So that's super exciting because I always want to make sure that there's no barriers to being able to also get get um, into a group session and get some facilitating. Um, I do have my women's Wednesdays on the at the end of the month for the next three months as well. And I they honestly are going so well that I'll probably just keep on doing them if, as long as Tality Secret Spa continues to have me at the space, which I'm sure they will. Um, so those are the two big ones right now that people can get involved in. If anybody does, I do private sessions as well at Tality Secret Spas, depending on availability. So that's always something. But if anybody has any questions, like just send me a message. I'd rather, those are the ones that I'm very much most receptive to, because I want to make sure that everybody has accessibility to this information, that they can do it safely, that they have the confidence to do it. Um, and that they're not alone in this process because they they never are. Um, and then my plugs, I guess, would be like Unbounded, which is out of Ontario, but I work with them on a lot of the programming. They're like my cold plunge mentors slash help. They, they support the events that I want to run out here. So they are awesome and a great resource for anybody out in Ontario. Um, Tality Secret Spas because they're great. And then also for anybody who wants to meet other people who likes cold plunging, there's the cold plunge crew in Vancouver as well, which is where I got to learn that this is this can be done in a group session setting and that it's awesome when you get to do it with other people, like arguably much easier as well. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks for coming on, Claudia. You are most welcome. Thanks for having me. This is so fun. <laughs> yeah, that was a great conversation it was like you know we talked about nipples we got like some hardcore (laughs) facts about cold plunging we had like a good like misogyny patriarchal rant and how mountain culture is weird and it was just like it was dope so I think I'm gonna have to try and get into cold plunging more I think it would help me with a lot of things I'm experiencing right now so it's a good metaphor for stuff yeah Yeah. (laughs) I know anybody um, else who listens to this podcast and like I started cold budging please oh my god send me a message it is always so exciting when somebody sends me a message and they're like oh my god I'm hooked and I'm like right let's talk about our love for cold water now 
yeah we should do a poll it's like um excuse me did you listen to the episode this week because you probably should are you gonna try cold plunging now thought so and then just share the, the, the sources because yeah oh that'll God. be dope yes. please um, yeah, I'm, I'm on board for that one cool well have fun at base coast and i hope that you get like ample rest and party time and it's like a good blend for us oldies so and you get to go jump in that little river oh man yeah. i will be living multiple times per day i know you will <laughs> You'll do it at night too, I'm sure. Probably. Yeah. It's like, it'll be calling my name at every hour of the day. 